Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Attacking 2 podcast. I'm Andy Martin, joined as always by my fellow attacker, Jimmy Funnel, and today by a third one, Louis Beneventi from 100% Chelsea, joins us for a chat about all things Chelsea, the convincing win against Burnley on the weekend, the man of the moment, Ross Barkley, and the upcoming clash against Frank Lampard's Derby County. But as always, there's one question and one question only. Are you listening? So thanks for joining us, Louis. You went up north on Sunday to the shithole that is Burnley. (laughs) And what was it like? Um, How would you rate the performance? And what would you say? Was it a good game from us or more uh, an easy opposition to play against? Well, the, uh, the the trip to Mordor was an entertaining one. Uh, obviously, had uh, I was in the car with Lewis, Jack, and Scott, so that's always fun, especially when you got Ant and Deck in the back seat. But uh, you know, I think the the game itself, you know, I think to be honest, I thought uh, Everton, not Everton, what I'm talking about, bloody old Burnley. Um, I'm playing Everton for a couple of weeks, yeah. Uh, Burnley, I thought they started off well. I thought they uh, they they did attack us, and I thought they may, maybe they'd found a weakness in our game, which I feel. I still feel if teams are very direct against us, that we sometimes struggle a little bit. So the first 15, 20 minutes, there was very direct balls going forward, uh, balls into the box, and they looked good. But I think then as soon as we scored, we just took the game by the scruff of the neck. You know, we, we, we saw that what uh, people are called sorry ball, and I hate the terminology. I hate it so much, but it is sorry ball. Um, we saw it in full flow. Um, you know the the attacking football and the the way that we were playing. I think I think the biggest thing of the question going into the game was, you know, without Eden Hazard, would we be as as clinical and as as, as forward thinking as we have been for the for previous few weeks? And to be honest, we answered the critics in the most emphatic way possible. Ross Park was getting on the score sheet as well. Uh, Ruben of Cheek seizing the opportunity he was given after you know the 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 hat trick he scored in midweek. And I, I think you know we were. I think that's the best I've seen us play this season so far. And when people for previous weeks have been saying, oh, you know, it's only been uh, Vidi, it's only been Bate Borisov, you know, Burnley, we, we can't forget, oh, for the past couple of years, I mean, the first season they came back in the Prem, they were there, thereabouts, they weren't going to get relegated, they were very solid, and obviously they pushed for European football last year. You know, Burnley are a good team, and, you know, they're, not, they're maybe not in the best of form at the minute, but the, the way we won that game so emphatically for me, it really sets a benchmark for, you know, what else we can do this season. What do you see also in some players turning up? We maybe weren't prepared uh, to be as a great asset as as they have been in that game. Uh, talking about William, uh, talking about also maybe Morata, who had arguably his best game of the season this time. Mm. Um, would you say that played a big part in us dominating this Burnley side? Uh, I think yeah. I think I think the fact that it was a an all round good team performance was was what made us win so emphatically. I think I said Willian. I think Willian, to be honest, I think he 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 played well. There's no doubt about it. But that was also down to I think Burnley gave him a lot of space. You know, when when you give when you give Willian time to think on the ball, he he's a lot more clinical than when he is when he's it's those split second passes, which is what Sarebel needs. Um, I think we managed. It was a good amalgamation of his skill set in the system uh, on on Sunday. But I think it's a case of when he because he was given that much space uh, and that much time to to think on the ball because he is quite indecisive. You know, I think that he he, he showed his worth. Um, however, 
you know, like we're saying, there there was a downside to it when he he's and he's not given time. We've seen this season that he's not really been fully up to it. He's not been as clinical and as uh, as productive as we've, we've you know we we feel he's been over the past few years. When in fact, quite frankly, you know, if you look at his statistics, he, he could be doing a lot better. Um, but and in terms of Morata, yeah, I think this was the best game he's played this year. Um, I think he he looks a lot more hungry than he normally does. He was a lot more. I felt he was a lot more engaged with the fans as well. I think that's something that played a bit of a factor. Um, he was more engaged with the team. He wasn't as sulky as he normally is. And I think that you know, if, if this is a precedent he's setting and he's, he's changed his mindset, he's he's looking to build. Then so be it. And I think that's that's superb. But but it needs to be consistent. I understand when people are excited and saying, you know, he's coming back, he's potentially going to be playing well. We're going to see the matter that we saw at, uh, at Real Madrid. But we have to bear in mind that season he was coming off the bench. He he wasn't a consistent starter at Juventus. People thought he was superb. He only scored eight goals for Juve. Um, and obviously he scored some fantastic goals in the Champions League, don't get me wrong, but eight goals in the great tally. So I think, you know, Alvaro Morata, as it stands right now, if he carries on playing this way and he builds on it, Fantastic, but until we've seen a consistent amount of performance from him, I don't think it's fair to really properly uh, hype him and give him uh, this this amazing. Uh, he, he deserves the credit he gets, but he, the, the, the some of the credit he's been getting has been uh, a bit overemphasized. I feel. Hmm. Um, Jimmy, what made the difference for you? Let us know because um, I haven't spoken about this game with you. Even even uh, I think outside the podcast, we haven't shared a word about it. So I'm really interested. Also, what do you make of the performance, and where did we go right this time? Well, first of all, let me express that despite his goal, I still do not rate William. Uh, I just can't. It's, it's, as Louis said, he he had a lot of space, but Burnley was all over the place uh, in that uh, in that second half. Um, and I mean. I think many forget that he was pretty crap in the first half, in my opinion. He gave the ball away carelessly a few times, misplaced passes, which is part of his game in, overall anyway. Um, and But nevertheless, our, well, our display was very encouraging as it, we haven't been performing too well uh, without Eden Hazard in the past. So I was, I was a bit terrified because Burnley's never an easy place to go. I, I, I still remember uh, the games when we were having our patchy run a few years ago. It's, it's always a tough place to go to. So winning there 4-0, even if they're not informed themselves, is, is always a great achievement. And standout performer for me has to be Ross Barkley. I mean, what a terrific performance. And also N'Golo Kante. He's, people have been slagging him off for not too long a, uh, having those defensive contributions, but of course he wouldn't have that as he's not in the same position as he was the last two years. But he is adapting very well to sorry. I'm sorry, Louis. Sorry, Ball. Um, and thus, I, I'd say our midfield was actually what really made the difference. Murata took his goal brilliantly. Don't get me wrong, but uh, one shouldn't forget that he missed. I think three sitters. That one uh, in front of the goal, in front of Hart, he, he should have buried that. I mean, put it to to the far post, and it's in. But you know, it's it's a start. But 
we'd still have to think about what we're going to do in January. Uh, so I think we sh- should be happy about this win, but it shouldn't paper over the cracks that are still apparent. Yeah, in my opinion, it's also maybe I, I, I'm going to say one or two words on, on Morata, as I do when he plays bad games, I have to do it as well when he plays good games. And for him, I think it was never down to him not having the class or not being being good enough as a player, but also his mentality. And at least one, one side to his game, um, he has altered and altered to the best, I think, because... He's now getting in behind, which we were crying out all the time. And, and we also thought um, at first when, when Sari came into the club and said, uh, and, and we said, all right, um, looking at the way Mertens has played for Napoli, he was always a player who gets in behind, not so much a player like Giroud who gets in amongst the game and provides for other players, but searches for the goal himself. And we wanted Morata to be that player. And he now does do these runs and it pays off at the end. Okay, it's only Burnley, but fair enough. Morata is a confidence player and he needs to build on the, on the confidence. And where does he get the confidence if not in games like uh, a Burnley away or so? So I'm, I'm very happy for him and I hope he really gets the confidence now and don't drops his head after 10 minutes in the next game um, because I think he can... He cannot be a striker like uh, Diego Costa has been for us. Uh, I don't think he has the quality and the mindset for that. But I think he can be a good striker for this season. And um, he can be as good of a striker that it is not not necessary to buy a new one in January. I think that's that's about uh, the situations we are we are facing at the moment. So I think if he if he gets his confidence right we can ride through the season with him. Um, and maybe another player who doesn't get any praise, which I'm very yeah, surprised about, is Aspilicueta. Because I think he had, a, he had a decent game. Because for the first time this season, I see him running up and down um, the, right hand, the right-hand side and actually getting until the touchline and putting crosses in because he was always very conservative in, in the way he played his right-back role. Um, not this time, also because Burnley allowed that, obviously. But um, I'm also very happy to see him having a good game um, because I think he was low on confidence as well. Um, so maybe um, if we if we talk about uh, Ross Barkley, also um, he has been um, the player who who stood out for the last couple of games, also with with the England call up. Um, what do you think, Louis, um, about Ross Barkley, uh, especially about the role he has in, in the squad right now? Is he getting ahead of, let's say, uh, the Ruben Loftus-Cheeks and um, Kovacic at the moment? I think, I think Kovacic is a, it's a difficult one. I think that that's the first person you need to raise when you talk about this. Uh, Matteo Kovacic was brought in to implement uh, Mauricio Sarri's style of football. Uh, that was that was the biggest thing. I think the person who really raised that well for me was Alex uh, Alex Goldberg. I think he he when he said that, you know, I, I I was one of those people that thought you know a loan deal didn't make any sense. You know, it's, it was one of those where it was just you know it felt like we had got the short end of the stick in terms of getting rid of Thibaut Courtois and bringing in Kovacic as part of that deal. Um, but we have to remember that you know he's he's a very good player and you know he was there to bring in this style of football which everyone had been craving. 
past, you know, two years or for years. You know, at Chelsea, some people have been saying they'd rather see beautiful football than, than results. But unfortunately, we're seeing the combination of both. I think the biggest thing about Kovacic and Barkley is they are two very different players, uh, for me personally, anyway. I think Russ Barkley is more a Gascoigne-esque, a more creative, uh, powerful uh, player with an end product. I don't feel that Kovacic is a player. He's a, he's a powerful player um, who can build the tempo and all of that really well, but he's not a player which will score you goals. If you look at his career, he's never really done that. He's been a destroyer and a distributor. Uh, and I think that's something which has worked out quite well for him. Kovacic is in that system to, to build um, for the short term. Whether he gets a longer-term deal is to be seen. We, we don't know if that will happen. But Ross Barkley at the minute, we're seeing he, he I think... Considering Kovacic started on Thursday and Sarri's not really been known for rotating his team, the fact that he left him out and put Ross Barkley in, he, I think the biggest thing that we're seeing now, and it's not an issue, uh, and it's a, obviously it's the debating point, which is the reason we're talking about it, is Barkley is now giving Mauricio Sarri a headache. Does he want to have a player which can do box-to-box uh, and, and you know have an end product as well, but isn't quite the same level of destroyer as... Uh, as, as Mateo Kovacic or does he go for uh, Mateo Kovacic and just look to have that easy build um, in, in terms of the, the solidity in front of him I personally myself would right now based on form go for Ross Barkley because uh, I feel that the implementation of the system is pretty I wouldn't say it's nearing completion because obviously we are still as we've already debated about Morata we're missing key positions we're missing that killer centre forward, you know, we're missing the the Mertens or the um, or the or the, the maybe even if it, when it was on form for him to begin with the Milik. Uh, if you're looking for for the more destroyer esque player um, up front, but I think it's a case of you know we 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 we've seen this uh, start being implemented. Uh, I think it, it gives us that density in, in midfield which we've been screaming out for. I'd argue, I'd even argue that in terms of what we have, we potentially now right now have the best midfield in the Premier League. Uh, in terms of options, um, you know, it's, it's, and obviously there's a big debate in point there. Obviously, Liverpool could argue the same uh, as could Manchester City, but you know, we are we're looking to build this team uh, right now. Starting eleven, I'd go Barkley, but I would give Kovacic that deal uh, if we can get him on a, a long-term permanent status. Uh, I would really consider that because he is definitely somebody who adds that option in midfield and is definitely someone who could definitely be that massive difference in a game. I mean. Whether Kovacic uh, is uh, purchased permanently and next summer depends, of course, much on who Real Madrid appoint as their next permanent manager. I mean, I know they've got Solari in at the moment, but you'd expect them to make a more prestigious appointment with more pedigrees, such as Mourinho or Conte. I mean, I can't imagine Jose going back, but if he does, you'd expect neither of the two to allow Kovacic to go to Chelsea permanently and if so then it would cost us an arm and a leg um, the downside to not purchasing Kovacic is that we have a midfield setup at the moment which is for the first time in literally years we can really say we've got quality and quantity and depth that is something that we've been missing even throughout our two title season and our two title winning seasons in 14 15 and 16 17 um, when we were always quite light in that department. Recent purchases have been crap, let's be honest. Um, so, give, I, I agree. 
Kovac is the destroyer. I also don't uh, think that he'll ever develop into a player that will score you a lot of goals. I mean, you've uh, Inter scored five, if I'm not mistaken, overall, and not much more uh, at Real Madrid. And he just, as, as Lawrence actually mentioned last week, he just doesn't get into those positions when he's off the ball. It's, that is something that Ross Barkley is doing, and he's not afraid to take a shot. I mean, when was the last time that one of our midfielders took a shot from outside the box or was willing to do that on a more permanent basis? Because Fabregas, for all his qualities in, in, in his passing range, he doesn't take a shot from outside the box. The same is the case for any other of our midfielders for the last two years. Matic, like once a season. So this is this is a great situation for us to be in. But I think if we get if we don't buy Kovacic, then we might find ourselves uh, back in a situation where we don't have this this depth, this necessary depth to actually be able to contend for the title. I mean, one injury to to, to Barkley or Loftus Cheek, and they have an injury history which does point towards that being very possible. And we're back at square one. So I think it's absolutely imperative for us to buy Kovacic from Real Madrid next summer. Um, who should start now? Barkley. I agree with Louis. And as I'll be elaborating in an article I'm currently writing on, there is no better choice than playing Barkley at the moment because we need that goal-scoring midfielder. It, that's the way Sari's system works. If you don't have that outlet, then there's much more pressure on the wingers or on the centre-forward to do that. And that's just not the case at the moment for us, barring Hazard. Mm. What I also see is um, the problem when Kovacic plays alongside, or rather on the left-hand side of, of Jorginho, um, as Louis said, he's more of a distributor of the ball, as is Jorginho. So you basically have two players... I know one is playing more advanced, more is, one is more a sitting um, midfielder, but you have two players more or less wanting to play the same game. And that, that obviously, um, yeah, I, I think they're hindering a bit their, their own game. So I, I'd like to have Kovacic in the team because I know of his qualities. And when, when I watch him, especially in games when, when, we, when we need some inspiration, he's always that guy who can play a crucial pass and who also um, seems to have, even after this short time of being at the club, a very good um, partnership with Eden Hazard. But um, for me, it also is uh, Ross Barkley over uh, Matteo Kovacic at the moment. Um, the question, however, is with Mason Mount now being the player that he is, and obviously joining the, the club again back next summer, is it necessary to uh, buy Kovacic for an arm and a leg, as you said, um, when there is obviously talent at the club? And how many midfielders will we have then? Is it seven? Is it eight of really decent quality if we would buy Kovacic? So is it necessary when you say, all right, we want to provide um, Mason Mount with a chance. Louis, you go first on that one. I think the biggest thing to question is, will Mason Mount even get given the opportunity? Because exactly. I, I think the, the one thing we've seen now, Maurizio Sarri is a manager which gives younger players opportunities. He always has. Every single club he's been to, he's always done that. Now it's a case of, I think we've seen that it's not a managerial problem in terms of 
the youth get an opportunity, it's a Chelsea problem. What even if Sari right now are seeing Mount as a massive opportunity for the club, I think the other thing that we're seeing is Chelsea probably going in that boardroom. You know what? This kid's probably going to get us a few quid, um, and that's how I felt over the past few years. I think Loftus Cheek we've seen be given the opportunity because over a sustained period of time as well in the Premier League, he, uh, you know, he's 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 you know he's he's been at Crystal Palace ready for a season, uh, was performing well there. He didn't quite get into the team this year because of our purchases of Kovacic, but now he's starting to develop into a player. I think a player that we last thought could come through was Christensen. And I think Christensen, we saw him go on loan uh, multiple times and develop his game. Uh, I think the same will happen again to Mount. Uh, the Championship is a very difficult league. He's done it at Vitesse. He's now done it in the Championship. I'd like to see him do it regularly in the Premier League. I don't think next year would be the time to bring Mason Mount in. Just yet. Just yet. But for the same token, you know, I don't know whether he'd be able to fit in. I don't know how he'd fit into the system. He's more of a number 10 than a central midfielder. Uh, I, I, I think, well, could he go on the wing? I think that's a question potentially. But would he, would that be the best thing for him playing him out of position? And maybe, no, personally. I, I think we'd have to really consider where he'd play because I don't think central midfield is where he'd be at his best because he's not an all-round type player. He's more, I feel, more of a, a, a number 10 creative type. Mm, yeah, I mean, one would also have to wait and see what happens with, with Derby. If they get promoted, I'm absolutely dead certain that he'll go back to to Derby to play in the Prem because he'll be assured minutes in the Premier League and that will be more or less his ticket to getting in this Chelsea team, if if you ask me. Because, I mean... There, he's only 17 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong. If they if they do get promoted, I really do hope for Lamps. Then that would be fantastic for for Chelsea and Mount. Because as as Louis just said, I just can't imagine that he will really get that that chance immediately. Even if he does have a f- terrific terrific year in the Championship. I mean, look at Abraham. Did it, did he have a chance despite a terrific chance in the Championship? Did any of the other players that had a great year in the championship come back and play in our team? No, even if it's an exceptional talent as Mason Mount. So I think you have to be really doing it in the top tier in the I I be that either the Bundesliga or the Premier League for this board and this this management uh, structure to actually take you into consideration. Mm. When you said Bundesliga. Uh, we see more and more English talent going to the Bundesliga uh, also because of that reason, obviously game time. Then there is uh, a good technical and also tactical um, approach to the game in the Bundesliga. Would that be a good loan for Mason Mount? Like we see uh, Jaden Sancho pulling out trees over there. If you send him to a Dortmund, to a Mönchengladbach, to maybe also Schalke 04, would that be um, a loan that is aspirable for, for Mason Mount? Hundred percent. Uh, yeah. Do you, do, you, do you want to go, or Jim, or do you want to? No, no, you go, Louis. Okay. I, I think uh, the uh, the for Mason Mount, I think a move abroad, just not even in terms of him, but in terms of British talent as a whole, uh, a move abroad is something which is amazing, and it's something which should be considered. 
you get a whole different style of football looked at. You have different culture. You can understand stuff better. And it's rather than having this, what I found, I thought, I think the reason, another reason the, the golden generation of English football suffers because we didn't have that, that extra little bit of credentials abroad. It was almost, not, not snobby attitude, but it's a case of, you know, you, you, it was a very, you know, if you're playing in the Premier League, you're playing in the best league in the world. You don't need to move abroad. Uh, but we've already seen, I think, it, it, there's, obviously we've already mentioned Jaden Sancho. We've seen he, he's doing really well there. I think Hudson Odoi, Right now, I'd, I wouldn't blame him if he was considering for a move away, a move to the Bundesliga. Um, I think for, for, for everything it would bring, it would be, we, we saw what we did with Christensen, you know, he, it's offered him a completely different level of, uh, of defensive, gave him a different level of defensive nous in, in another league, which is ex- extremely tough. Um, and I think it, we saw last year, maybe not so far this year, but maybe that's because he's not had a consistent run of games. You know, we've we've seen we saw what it made him capable of. Uh, so I think it would only benefit us if we if we were to allow him to have that move abroad if if it wasn't a move to the Premier League. Mm. Yeah, I've, it 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 makes a difference. Also, then again, or let's say let's, let me reformulate that. If it, this all ties into whether we actually um, buy Kovacic, if we buy Kovacic, then our midfield will be full up you know there'd be no space for mount because i don't see him on the on the wing uh just he'd fit that goal scoring midfielder role perfectly so if we if we do have kovacic there will be too much competition in that in that position so uh, i i do hope that we buy him and then that would mean that mount have a year or maybe even two who knows uh, in the Premier League with Derby County, that would be fantastic. Uh, I think I think that would be a win-win situation for us. I think there's also an argument against it, against the exact thing that you just said, because you have, for me, two players that are almost certain to walk out of the club next summer, and that is Danny Drinkwater and maybe also Cesc Fabregas. And if you if you look at maybe the understudy of Jorginho, that would be for me Kovacic because he's he's a good distributor of the ball and he's not necessarily a goal scorer. I can see him in that position, honestly, I can. And that would obviously free up the place on the left hand side for um Mason Mount to play there, maybe as an understudy to Ross Barkley. I even rate him higher than Ross Barkley. I think he can in one year time um be the starter for us. So uh, maybe after if if we obviously on under the condition that we bring nobody else in, in, in midfield. That is obviously the condition that um, everything decides on whether um, Mount is, is, is staying at Chelsea or being loaned out again. But I think uh, that can be a scenario that, is, that isn't, uh, is by no means uncertain um, to happen. At but that age, spend... uh, I don't know. Well, he's sorry. 19 now. Sorry, no, he's, yeah, sorry, sorry. He's, I've just looked it up now. Mason Mount is 19. My God, actually, that scares me a bit because I'm 20 and this kid's you know, amazing at football, and I question what I've done in my life. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, he he's you know he's he's 19 years old. I think he'd maybe a, a one or two years stint away would probably help him. Um, I, I think that's maybe something. But I mean, in terms of if we sign Kovacic, you're not going to sign him as an understudy because you know you spend you. I think easily we could spend 60, 70 million pounds on this guy. Easily, if you look at how much, you know, obviously, what Ramadan want for him, you look at what he's done in his career already. You look at, I think, in t- it's, it's, it's a seller's market. You know, it's, it's not, it's not a case of um, we say forty, they'll go all right. 
it's a case of look if he wants to leave uh that'll push the price up for they'll, they'll, they'll look for a price that suits them they'll look at uh other factors as well including his sell-on value his marketability i i think you know you're not going to spend 60 70 thousand pounds on a player which isn't going to be a regular starter uh, and we've already seen that with Alvaro Morata. Just you know, he's he's playing games because of the amount of money we spent on him. Um, That's and true. It's, it's a it's a case of we'd have to consider all of these options as well um, before you. If I think if if he came in, I I agree from a player perspective, he he probably would suit that role a bit better than uh, where he's playing now. I think I, I still think he's playing excellently where he is now. Um, but I think the the role of a, a deep line register would probably help uh, help and abet him even more. Um, in in his, in his career, but you know we we I think it's a fact that you know he's he's not going to be a player which uh, which we're going to sign and sit on the bench. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that's why he wanted to leave Real Madrid in the first place. So that would yeah. make no sense. It's, it's it's a tough it's a tough decision. I mean, we could just let him go back, of course, and just trust in Ross Barkley and Loftus Cheek uh, delivering the goods, but. I don't know. I just can't imagine that would go against everything that our club has been doing in regard to youth in the past decade to let Mace Mount with 19 years of age come in there and instead of uh, an experienced routinee like Kovacic is I mean, I, I'm hopeful. I, I really do hope. But as one can see with Hudson, Adai, it's just it's not happening. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I can't imagine. I, that would happen, and if Leipzig really was, for example, interested in, let's say, Hudson Odoi, loan him there. Mason Mount has a chance to go to Derby County on a long loan. Loan him there. There's, there's no point in them staying at Chelsea. You have to have a certain age. You get the feeling to be even viable or be taken into contention. So, I don't know. The best situation would be buy Kovacic, build on that depth, and address that striking position, then we'll have lots of games like we did on, on, on Sunday, you'd expect. What is, however, happening is that um, Tomori and Mount, which um, we already spoke about, um, is uh, eligible or are eligible for the game um, Derby against Chelsea or the other way around, Chelsea against Derby. So what do we make of uh, the decision of Chelsea, off the board, to allow these two players to play against, obviously, their home ship, uh, Chelsea FC? Um, is it a case of them being allowed to showcase what they, what they can and maybe the, the, most, the most defining game of their season as they can uh, show in front of the people who obviously decide over their future um, what they can do and how good they are just now? Or is it more a, a case of, um, yeah, we, we allow them to have 90 more minutes of game time and uh, it doesn't really matter because we're Chelsea and we, we, we beat them anyway. They're only a, a championship club. Um, do you think, uh, Louis, that is a, is, is a wise move to play them or should they rather have been I, I think, rested for the game? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for us, I think, where we are questioning Chelsea's motives and... Uh, ideology behind the utilisation of youth, I think this could potentially be a step in a different direction. I, I hope it is, personally. Um, you know, I think it's a case of if these if these players are allowed to play and they showcase their abilities and they kind of make the board and, sorry, go, oh, OK, oh, these guys are all right uh, and be good for depth and good to keep at the club, then that's a win for me. Um, 
if it's a case of I, I don't think I don't I don't think it will be a case of uh, we're playing them because we think we'll beat them and we're not that bothered by it. I think because that that would show for me uh, signs of uh, what's what's the word um, the care, not carelessness but you know we're, we're a bit, a bit a bit full of ourselves and I, I don't that I don't think that our our body allows us to do that you know and sorry we've got a very humble manager in the ownership we've got players which or, or people that are very wise in terms of their business acumen and their acumen with regards to or certain people certain members of that board their acumen in regards to football um i think that we are i, I think I, I think it's just a case of we're going to see what they're capable of uh, and i also think i think the biggest thing that may be helping that factor which i don't think people have addressed i think frank i think the fact is frank lampard as well i think it's because the, the management i know frank from his time at chelsea and obviously he's a club legend that we're kind of maybe easing ourselves uh, our foot off the gas in terms of what we're allowing people to do uh, and what we're not allowing clubs to do normally. Um, it could be that, but I mean, who knows? For me, I'm just happy that they're playing. I, 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 I believe that that is exactly the, the reason why they are playing because his name's Frank Lampard. The, whether they change the future, that is the big question now because um, if you do it once... Then what? Who's to say that people won't come asking and uh, clubs won't come asking and say, "Hey, we want that as well." You know, this this could be uh, a breaking point, uh, a decisive point in our youth and loan policy to be able to say, "Okay, we're going to change things up." It's not working the way we imagine it would initially even though they're winning everything domestically in the, on the age group um if that gives sorry the chance to see him fantastic i mean there's an article from goal which is uh, goal.com which is making the rounds today that says that uh sorry is actually told his his staff that yeah have a look a, a bit uh, a greater look at mason mount not only on wednesday but generally as he's contemplating uh, giving him a shot next year, whether that happens will remain to be seen. But I think we shouldn't forget what Jody Morris said a few months back. Uh, and that is that our coaches for the past decade, they have never even looked at these youth players. They don't, they look at them through the window, you know, a mile away. So, you know, Something has to change. I mean, we've spoken about this on this pod for what feels like the last 10 years, even though it's only been on for one and a half months. But it's it's, it's always the same. You know, it, are we going to change this policy? The club has to change this policy so that we can start integrating players like Mason Mount correctly into, the season, into our squad and that they get the chances that they deserve. Whether that will be the case now, that remains to be seen, as said. Mm. Yeah, I'm actually really delighted to only have that one game that these two players are allowed to play in. Because, as you said, it can be um, a complete change of our approach to, to the loan system. And maybe it's also wishful thinking of mine. But I think, certainly, that Mason Mount is good enough and is, is good enough to showcase, also in that game for these 90 minutes, that he can be a vital asset for us. And I hope he doesn't crumble under pressure because I really want to see him perform. And I would even 
Uh, I said that the other day, and I think no one agreed with me, but I would even uh, take um, Derby uh, putting us out of the, of, of the competition, like really smashing us in that, in that game. And Mason Mount have, have a 10 out of 10 performance, um, which would mean at the end of the day, hopefully, that he gets a, get, gets a chance at Chelsea and really uh, be a, a player for 10, 15 years for us. If that means, like, if, if they have a brilliant performance and if that means Mason Mount gets a fair shot at Chelsea and will succeed at the club, I would take it over us um, just walking, strolling through the park in that game and, and going to the next round. I, I, would, I would happily take our, our, our team getting, getting dropped out of the competition if, if Mason Mount does really uh, get, 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 some, get something out of it. Would one game change that? I doubt it. That's just, I, I don't. I don't think that one game yeah. would change the perception in that respect. Just to add that. Sorry. Yeah, that's why I say that's 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 wishful thinking. But I think, as it is the case with our, obviously these players are monitored on the on 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 the weekly basis, and the club apparently knows everything about them. But sometimes it only comes down to these vital moments. Where is that? All right, he has done it against against the club he's coming from, and he's apparently not good enough to play at. So we've we've done something seriously wrong here. And also, the public will demand Mason Mount at the club now. It's all well and good for him playing games in in in, in the Championship and showing his class there. You can only you can always say, well, that's only Rotherham, or that's 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 only bloody um, Blackburn. Yeah, but if he does it against Chelsea, it's a statement, and that's what I'm hoping for in that game. So um, it's really, I'm, I'm really um, also expectancy-wise and um, prediction-wise in, in in two minds. I think obviously we will be too good to to have any struggles in that game. On the other hand, uh, I hope we have some struggles in that game. So. Uh, if I had to make a prediction, I, I would still say Chelsea going through. But that is obviously down to one or two things on top of that. Because um, a lot of players are missing against um, Derby. So with no Eden Hazard, um, what will we, what will be um, possible for us as uh, Derby already um, smashed Manchester United in that game um, beforehand? So what, what do we expect for... For tomorrow, for for me, I, I I think I think as a club we should we should I think expect is the wrong word. Chelsea should be going for the win. They should be, um, but it's football and it's a cup competition, so it depends on who turns up on the night. I th- I think you know with the, with the squad we have, we sh- we shouldn't have an issue. Uh, if we do lose, you know we lose a game, we go out of the competition, we go again next year. Um, to me, the I think it's it's a good barometer. For Sarri to decide on, you know, what he needs to do with the club still, uh, this competition. I think he, he, it'll be good to see an, an excuse for him to experiment, and I think that's what's most important for us um, in in these type of games. But um, I, I I would go with a Chelsea win. Uh, I hope Mason Mount does put in a performance, which uh, and Tamori because no one's spoken about him yet properly. Uh, I hope both of them put in performances which uh, make Chelsea turn on, turn their head and potentially look at them and say these are players who could become and be part of our squad and can offer something. Um but I never want my team to lose. Uh so yeah, I'll gonna I'll go I'll go with a, a win for us because d- despite them beating Man United, uh, I, I think we're we're just on a different level to Man United as it stands at the minute. 
Yeah, here. Yeah, I, I, I also just want them to win because this is going to be one of the easier trophies this season that we could win. I mean, a lot of the big big teams are out. One of them thrown out by us, uh, knocked out by us. Uh, so you know, take the opportunity, try and win it because then that would shut all those bellends off. Uh, shut all those bellends up uh, regarding. Oh, sorry, hasn't won anything. So that would be a great start, and then just get top four, great. And I, I also agree, we're on another level than compared to Man United. So I, I can't imagine that they'll pull something off like that uh, against Chelsea, despite our injury list. But if I, if I might ask Louis a question here, um, we haven't been talking much about Andreas Christensen recently uh, on this pod. There, of course, those recent comments. With, with Anders Christensen's father coming out and saying he wants to play more. As, a, as someone who watches the team live week in, week out, do you believe that Christensen has done enough to displace David Luiz in the chances he's got? Because I had a huge row with Lawrence uh, the other day about that, and I'd just be curious to hear what you say about that. I mean, having a, a row with Lawrence is a pretty regular occurrence, so uh, <laughs> fair play to standing up to him for doing that. Um, I, I currently don't feel that Christensen has done enough this season, but at the same time, I feel that's because he hasn't been given the opportunity uh, in, in the bigger games to do so. I think that I understand Sorry, wants David Luiz. David Luiz has played superbly this season. I still feel he has a mistake in him. And I'd rather look to build long term than uh, than continue to lose use Louise. There's no doubt uh, he's a superb player. There's no doubt that Chelsea fans love him. But you know, I, th- I think he he we've seen a few times this year he has made big mistakes that have led to goals. He he has been rash, uh, but that's just his playing style. Uh, and in terms of people saying you know oh we keep him in because he can distribute a ball, well we were saying the same thing about Christensen last year. No, and Andreas Christensen was, you know, in the side and people talking about his ball distribution, his, his tough tackling mentality, his reading of the game. And even people are having conversations about saying this guy could be a future captain. Um, his old man and himself do need to rein their necks in a little bit. There's no doubt about that. Um, I mean, if I, was sat, if I was sat at Chelsea and, you know, the kid's not putting in the effort, if I was sorry, and, you know, he feels he's not putting in the effort, clearly there's a reason why he's not playing. I'd be sitting him down and saying, listen, mate, look, if I give you this opportunity... You need to maximise on it. And the opportunity has been given. I think Liverpool, we can't really talk about. He wasn't well. He was he was really unwell that day. And he, he didn't want, he couldn't really play. That's why he was brought off. Exactly. exactly. Um, but I think it's a case of we just need to see what happens. We just need to see how he takes those opportunities. Because I think he's fully capable of doing so. And he's definitely someone who we should consider keeping hold of. If he does go, definitely put a buyback clause in. You know, he, it needs to happen. Um, it, because it'd be stupid for us to just sell him and, and leave him. Because he is, you know, a player for the future regardless of wherever he goes. Mm. For me, it's also a question like uh, a little bit of a throwback to the days when uh, Courtois came in and, and, and Czech was still, was still there. Um, do you? And, and we waited until the first game of the season, like really one hour before, to, to find out who's playing. And obviously it was Courtois then, back in the days, and he's gone now, so everything's forgotten. But I think... Um, you can't really choose consistently David Luiz over Christensen if you think about the future of the club because David Luiz, he will make it for two years more max 
I don't think he, he has got a, a lot in his tank anymore. And if we really do the stupid mistake of playing him constantly over Christensen and making Christensen so fed up that he wants to leave the club, it will be a really bad mistake. Um, but uh, not speaking about that, but rather about Christensen being among the players who we are maybe hoping for um, getting game time in that tie tomorrow. Who else do you want to see? Uh, me personally, I think Emerson should get a, get a game and for sure Ruben Loftus-Cheek in the midfield spot. What do you think, um, Jimmy? Oh, I agree. I mean, he, he's certainly going to change things up. Uh, I, I, I'd be shocked if we don't have a completely different bat for uh, in midfield, same. Uh, Kovacic going back in, Fabregas, uh, Loftus cheek. It's just it's just that attack, uh, which will be interesting because I I I want sorry to start Hudson Odoi like every cup game until now this season, but it's gonna be William and Moses, isn't it? Let, I mean, let's face it. So it. it who deserves certainly a start tomorrow is Emerson, no doubt about it. He he's been grand uh, when called upon this season, but I I I stick by it. Even if people say, yeah, what well, what has he done except preseason? Lot Hudson Odoi deserves to start. He just simply deserves to start, and he we won't get a better chance than tomorrow when Eden Hazard's missing, Pedro's missing, and Giroud's missing. So for Christ's sake, sorry, please. Please start him. Give him his debut. Oh, well, his debut. He's had his debut, but his starting debut uh, tomorrow. He he deserves it. He's ready, and I'm sure he'll be a bright spot if we give him that chance. Louis, I could not agree more. I could not agree more. Hudson Odoi, I think, should be given the opportunity. Um, as a player, I think when we're talking about, I think. When he came on against Bate Borisov, and again, it is Bate Borisov, I completely understand. I, I've not felt that excited to see a player come on the pitch. Well, I don't feel that's the most I've Eden Hazard. You know, I've, I've, I always watch Eden Hazard, and when he comes on, you get that sense of excitement that he's going to do something. You watch Hudson Adoy that game, everyone felt that way. Everyone just felt that they were, he was going to just bring that little bit extra. And when he came on, he, he was direct. He runs. He has no fear, and he he scared them. You could you could tell that when he's running at players that they, they didn't know how to handle him because that was what he was doing. Um, and I think if he's given that starting opportunity in a game like tomorrow, you know, if we're, if we're letting Mason Mount play and tomorrow play for Derby, let this kid come in and we can just sort of have a a bit of a part and say, look, let's just see what our youth can do with this game. Um, I think Loftus Cheek should start as well. You know, he's he, he's proven his worth in two games on the bounce now. Um, let's see if he can do it in a third game on the bounce and continue this great form because I think one, one thing that uh, has plagued uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek has not just been injuries, it's been his uh, inconsistency. I think at Crystal Palace he was good last year, but uh, he was also incredibly inconsistent. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, if he, if he can keep this form going, that'd be great. Uh, Emerson, I agree as well. Uh, I think he, for me personally as well, Despite him getting a five-year contract and looking pretty good this year, uh, I'm still think Marcus Alonso is a better wing back than he is a full back. I think his uh, his lack of pace on some occasions has left us open on that side, um, and I think that he he's definitely 
I think Emerson, when he's played, has looked good uh, and should be given a start in birth tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I think I think that you know, with the, the, in terms of what we have this year, I'm I think I'm I, I'd settle for a trophy. I think you know whether whether it's the League Cup or whatever it is, you know, as long as we're seeing progress under Sorry, uh, I'm happy. And uh, yeah. I think that you know this year is going to be one of the most important years in terms of uh, that development. Um, as not only is it his first year, but he's implementing a completely new philosophy and these players seem to be liking it. Um, so let's just basically get the win tomorrow. Or, or can, I don't, can I say tomorrow? Because obviously... It, it, this, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, this is recorded. Yeah, obviously tomorrow. Let's just get the win and uh, let's just see what happens uh, and hope that Hudson Lloyd gets given the opportunity because he's one hell of a player and uh, if we don't maximise his talent, someone else definitely will. Yeah, I mean... There's there's not much more to say about that with Hudson Odoi because that's the concern, the growing concern in the, among the Chelsea community. If we don't play him, will he leave? And no one could blame him. Uh, looking at Jaden Sancho, why would he not? You know. So start him tomorrow. He bang in that goal. And because you mentioned Barta Borisov was terrified of him, that is true. And yeah, there are only Barta Borisov. But if you think about Arsenal in the summer. They were shitting their pants. He was ripping them. Oh, apart. he made. He, 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 excuse my language, but he made better in his bitch. Quite frankly, oh, yeah. that 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 game was, you know, he uh, he was superb. And I was sat there thinking, oh right, okay, they've got a player that could be given an opportunity here. And uh, I think that, speaking of arguments with Lawrence, the biggest one we had was uh, selling Willian in the summer. Uh, I I personally would have sold Willian in the summer, and he was saying, you know, if we would have been stuck with Moses as another option. And I go, well, that might that might just force Chelsea's hand to to play Hudson Odoi, mm. or if we if we don't bring someone else in. And quite frankly, you know, I think Hudson Odoi, when he comes on, I, I, Willian's going to be absolutely shattered. I think that the quite everyone. The, another big thing about the weekend, people are saying, you know, he's not going to be at his full capability. Uh, he wasn't, but he was given the space to to do what he needed to do, uh, which meant he, you know, he doesn't exert as much energy uh, yeah. in, in in what he was doing, but. Uh, you know, I think a game like this, you know, it screams out for uh, Hudson Odoi and even for me, Ethan Ampadu. I think he should be given an opportunity tomorrow. Uh, I, I may just be saying that because I just want to see youth players, but it's hit that point for me. You know, we've not we've not seen players get given opportunities consistently since John Terry was given that opportunity to play for Chelsea. And you know, I think that, I don't think it's just a Chelsea problem. I think it's a Premier League problem. Uh, results are required instantaneously in this league, and. Uh, you know, it, it just something needs to change with that, and we, I think if if Chelsea start changing, I think other people will as well. Uh, we've just got to get it right, though. I think question. That's mark, all it is. We just have to get it right. Hmm. Yeah. The, the question mark is only if uh, Ampadu is already fit enough to play at least sixty minutes because he's coming back from an injury, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, uh, he, he he is, but I still think you know if he can play a little bit in a game in that game, it gives him that game time. I say it for me. He just needs game time. Uh, he again, he is a young player. He's only sixteen. Hudson Odoi is probably in around the squad because uh, he wants to get. He's getting given that experience uh, of being around a matchday squad. But stuff like, for example, when he went uh, to PALK away with Ampadu, everyone was hoping they'd play, and they weren't even in the matchday squad. Yeah, that, you know, that, that, that was the fucking point. Mm, uh, that, that was really a bummer. Yeah. So yeah, so that's a case of you know, if Arsenal playing their youth players. In competitions like that, and in competitions like the the uh, Carabao Cup or the Carlin Cup or Coca Cola Cup, whatever it is, 
<laughs> no, I, I think that we just need to, to do it. Otherwise, it's never going to happen. Oh, we're going to knacker our squad out. If we do well in this competition, that's three competitions that you're going to be playing in uh, already this season. And then the FA Cup rolls round. That'll be four. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're competing on four fronts, you need to maximise your squad. Uh, but I think I think that, that that's something which I sorry has not been uh, to do. You know, he doesn't he doesn't really like using too many players. I think he used fourteen players or something stupid or seventeen. Yeah, uh, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a case of I think it's just, you know, we just need to maximise these opportunities and uh, and see show, let these players show what they're capable of. Otherwise, we're going to knack our squad out and uh, have injuries, which I don't particularly want in the long term. You know, I think uh, the Premier League is a tough competition as it is already. Um, but, you know, the Europa League, you can't really talk about yet until, um, you know, who's dropped out of the Champions League. Uh, obviously, Spurs will because, you know, they uh, made the stupid mistake of putting up a poster which said it's the only place in London to, uh, to watch Champions League <laughs> in a stadium that isn't even built. Um, I think the NFL last night would have loved their, uh, their free publicity and their free uh, marketing they had on the pitch at Wembley uh, during the Premier League game. But, uh, you know, I think it's a case of, you know, we just need to maximise these opportunities where we can. And uh, I think this tomorrow is a prime example of what needs to happen in terms of youth, youth players. Yeah. I mean, Kale's going to play, that's for sure, because he, he wants to keep Kale happy for this season. I don't think they want to let him go because of the experience issue or the experience argument. So I, I, I'd want Ampadu to start instead of Cahill too, but he's never going to do it. And Christensen has to play, as we already said. So... Uh, I, I highly doubt he'll he'll be even on the bench tomorrow, if you ask me. But as long as Hudson Odoi plays, I'm I'm absolutely ecstatic and I'm fine with it. That you know, small steps. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So I mean, we'll come now to the end of the podcast. Um, before we do end today, uh, as we always do, uh, Louis. Would you like to plug yourself? I would love to plug myself. So, uh, you, could, you could find me uh, on Louis underscore Benevenzi on Twitter, where I tend to just ramble a lot, but I think it's quite funny rambling personally. Uh, so there's that there. Uh, my Instagram is just my name, uh, Louis Benevenzi. And then obviously, uh, you can find me over on 100% Chelsea. Uh, there at pretty much every single game. We're, we're, gonna, we're not going Belarus. We are going Budapest. Uh, and we got after that, obviously, as we progress in the Europa League, we're hoping uh, if uh, university coursework and uh, other factors allow it, that uh, we're going to be at every single game abroad. We're at every single game in the UK. Obviously, we do previews, reviews, uh, or Lawrence does them. Uh, and we've got vlogs, which Lewis does, and some other fantastic match day content. Uh, we are the number one Chelsea fan channel out there. So if you want to say a piece on that, you're always more than welcome to. Um, speaking of that, Andreas, I do want to say I am very sorry as for what happened the other week. Uh, because we've had, we have had technical issues over the past couple of weeks, and these guys did come and plug themselves, and I was very happy to let them do it and all that kind of stuff, because it's a Chelsea community, and communities to grow, uh, and unfortunately, it didn't go up, because our editor screwed up, so I'm very sorry about that. Um, but uh, yeah, listen, if, everyone, if you're ever at the game, please don't hesitate to come across and say hi, uh, and uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Andy? Yeah, as per usual, um, it is at Andy on underscore MA10, which stands for Martin, on Twitter. Um, well, I, I say it because uh, I, I just do it, but there will be no German-speaking listeners. If there are, check me out uh, at um, Andreas underscore Grassl. That's my German-speaking Twitter account. 
and Sportzeitung, read my articles and uh, listen to Rosette. It's a German-speaking podcast about football, namely uh, English football, namely the Premier League, namely Chelsea. Um, yeah, which leaves us, leaves us with Jimmy. Yeah, ju- just just a uh, plug in there. Um, see you in Budapest, Louis. First of all, and yes. <laughs> well, uh, if, if all goes according to plan, we're we're both going to be coming over the Budapest if we do do get those tickets. So, yeah. Uh, but coming back to the plugin, um, you can find me as always at Jimmy Funnel with double N double L CFC uh, on Twitter, and of course uh, read my articles, the new Barclay opinion. Uh, uh, piece will be coming up shortly on We Ain't Got No History. Uh, find us at We Ain't Got No History or W A G N H underscore CFC on Twitter. Give us a follow, read our articles, listen to our podcasts, of course. Please give us a good rating on iTunes, we'd be very grateful and it'd be much appreciated. Um, and before we end today's episodes, uh, all of us at the Attacking Two podcast, and I'm sure I speak for Louis here as well. Uh, we'd lo- like to take a minute to express our deepest condolences to everyone at Leicester City and, of course, the families and friends of those affected after the tragic events that took place on Sunday. Uh, we also wish former Chelsea player and manager Glenn Hodder with speedy recovery after his heart attack. Uh, it's great news that he's doing better. We hope his road to recovery continues as well as it is at the moment. And... Yeah, hope to see you soon in the studio again, Glenn. Um, that's it for today. Thank you again to our brilliant guest, Louis, from 100% Chelsea. Hope to have you on uh, in the future again. And that's all from us. Thank you, everyone, for listening and see you next week.